0: JMPK, it is time to welcome in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Media Day Monday. Camp gets going in Vegas Tuesday. David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And David joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain, is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial properties own listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. David Locke. Good morning. Are you packing for Vegas? Nope. Nope. No training camp for I you, any, huh?
1: I don't think anyone's going. I don't think there's any media going.
0: It's a chance for the team to get away and bond. Right.
1: Exactly. 100%. Can you guys get another good week of sports talk? I got to tell you. Hope your ratings are good. You should have been giving like, a lot of good stuff on a platter this month.
0: Uh, I've been told that as much as we check the ratings, we have to check the streaming numbers. People's habits have changed. How, are the, how are the streaming numbers? Uh, Scotty told me Wednesday they were awesome. <laughs> so, oh, they should be. Yeah, you I, teams, I mean, it's really teams are winning. winning.
1: Well, I'm actually a pretty good example because I got a lot of stuff going on, but there have been a lot of things recently where I've like flipped on and taken you know gone to 12 thezone or and you know started to listen to a, listen to a show and listen to an open a show to hear what you guys think because there's just been so many interesting topics.
2: Is there any particular reason they chose Vegas? Because uh, beyond, I mean, it's an attractive city. But I was wondering if there's any marketing reason because they could have chosen any number of places. Um,
1: well, I think there's like three teams in San Diego, so that's probably eliminated that. No, um, I think the Nets and like the Clippers and somebody else are all in San Diego. Um, I think uh, I don't know if it. I don't know if it has anything. I, I don't. Um, uh, I know that. They've gotten great support. Um, I saw a picture of the court set up there. It's, like, super cool. Um, They've done a really great job. So, you know, they they probably had some support mechanism, but I don't, you know, did Donovan want to go to Vegas? Like, you know, the Lakers went to Hawaii because Magic wanted to go to Hawaii. So, um, you know, probably something there. Brian Smith, you know, is from Vegas. Could be something there. Though I just don't have a feeling that it's, like, a big PR thing in the way it has been in some years past. I think it's simply get exactly what David said a moment ago, is let's see if we can get these guys away. Let's address what happened in, you know, L.A. in game six, and let's, you know, rebound together and be the team that was the number one seed and had a real chance to win it last year and see if we can get that kind of chemistry and magic back between us.
0: I read that Houston went to the Bahamas, and now you tell me three teams are going to San Diego. It sounds like if you want to be the stick-in-the-mud team, you better give your guys a trip somewhere. Even, right. even I mean, if the guys with families don't really want it because they want to be home with their kids, <laughs> most players do want it.
1: They probably do want it. The ones with the kids might want it, too. Oh, that's a
0: good um, point. Okay.
1: Um, you know, if you really look at the schedule, there's three training camps. So there's this four-day thing to start, and then they go and play two games, and then they're home for four days, and then they play two games, and then they're home for five or six before they play a home game to start the season. So, you know, if you're Quinn and you're looking at that, like, okay, well, the Let's let's look at part one and you don't have any roster moves, right? There's like I guess the one roster battle is like whether Jared Butler or Trent Forrest plays when Mike Conley doesn't. That's about it, right?
0: Right. Did you Thank need you. that? Did you need that? I did. I, thought I you needed were just... that.
1: It was not like using right as a period. It was a question. I was making sure I hadn't forgotten anything. Um, so, you know, if I'm Quinn and I'm looking at this, I'm probably taking the first three days to do exactly what they're doing. Let's get away. Let's get together. Let's remind everyone that we like each other. Let's deal with some demons that are left over from playoffs past and let's move on. Then I'm probably using, you know, the second one we've played two games and season things and there's some, you know, I've talked to coaches and there's some belief on how teams are going to play them this year and what they're going to have to do to adjust. And and so there's that. And then there's the real get ready for the season stretch, which is probably a little bit, you know, conditioning and using the four games as conditioning and then probably amping up the conditioning in the last little bit. So you're ready for the season. So uh, that's kind of my take on how I would probably go through these three games. I'm sure they're doing something a little different, but there's three really mini training camps for them to have right now.
2: I don't want to call them issues, but maybe things as to follow up on what you were saying, maybe involving the center spot. Uh, are we sure that Whiteside is in over as a bouquet? And also, how much do you think they would try Rudy Gay at the five? Those are a couple things that came to my mind.
1: So, yeah, I think, um, I think you're, those are great. And so, um, you know, in those 14 minutes a night in which Rudy isn't playing, you know, how are we going to play? I think... The first is, you know, can Whiteside engage and have a good experience? And, you know, I saw him the other day. He's just really huge, right? Like, I saw Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside both recently. Rudy Gay, to me, looks like Derek Favors. Like, I'm not sure they, size-wise, are that different. Hassan Whiteside, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, there's a huge difference between the size of Hassan Whiteside and the size of Derek Favors. So I think there's a chance that he could really be a valuable piece of this if they can get the Portland Hassan Whiteside for 14 minutes. Now, you know, he's got little things. He's just got, But I also would say Hassan Whites has been a league a long time. He's really good. But also watching the greatest defensive player in the world every day, can't hurt him. You know, his one weakness is, that, he, and I think he's dealt with it as early in his career as a jumping jack, but every single time someone pumped faked, he went for it. And, you know, he would, I think he blocked like four shots a year, game one year to lead the league. He probably allowed 13 layups for that too. So, you know, there's, but Rudy, think about Rudy, like Rudy almost never blo- jumps, right? Like you never see Rudy have that happen to him. Well, does that, does Hassan pick that up? So I think Hassan could be really valuable. I think the Rudy Gay at the five is something we can see over time and it'll be interesting for them to do it. Um, it, there's some assumptions to it, like you know, J- Joe's now sliding to the four some of the time, which might be fine, might be a good spot for Joe to play. Um, you know, that would I guess be a training camp story. Like if Jared Butler's really can play, can you then slide Joe off the ball a little bit more and let him play stretch four and do some things that are probably better for him at this age in his career, even though he likes to have the ball in his hands um, and he's really good at it. Um, so those I guess little subtle things, but I think those are all going to materialize twenty five thirty games into the season as much as anything else. Um, but I, yeah, I hear you on those. Um, I do also think we've overplayed those conversations a tiny bit because we don't have anything else to talk about. Because it's really talking about 14 minutes a night, and the chances of us closing a game without Rudy Gobert on the floor, I hope, are zero.
0: So, what we should be talking about then is what has Donovan added to his game? How is he going to become even better? Because I'm I'm looking at some of these preseason rankings, and I get that it's a. <clears throat> It's subjective. It's somebody's opinion. It's based more on what people have seen in the past and what they expect this season. So there's all that stuff. But when I don't see a Jazz player ranked in the top 15, I think, uh oh, how far are you going in the playoffs if you don't have one right. of the top 15 players in the NBA? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that I had the same reaction. I, I was a little surprised, and I I try really hard not to be a homer. Um, and obviously, we watch these guys every day. I, I was a little surprised by both SI's and ESPN's rank. I, I Like, to call it disrespectful, I think, is too strong. But, like, they certainly didn't get the benefit of the doubt. Is that fair? Like, Rudy in the 20s, come on now. He's, like, the greatest defensive player in the game. His team was the number one defensive team in the league when he was on the floor. And when he was off the floor, we were in the 23rd percentile. Like, there's not a player in the league that has a bigger impact on a game on one side of the floor than what Rudy has right now defensively. To rank him in the 20s, holy crap. Like, it's just... And we had the best record in the league. I get it that in a playoff series, the Clippers figured out how to negate his value by taking advantage of the fact that none of our guys at the time could guard. But to drop him on like I think he was in the mid twenties, right? Like wow, like to me that's just really short sighted. And I mean, I guess the only thing we're going to care about is like what happens in the playoffs. But I'm not, I will rewatch that second half. That's not on Rudy. Like certainly the entire strategy by the Clippers, was to negate Rudy and eliminate him from the play as much as possible, which is exactly why he's not 25th in the league. He's clearly, like, top 15, top 10. If a team's entire game plan was to eliminate Rudy, both offensively and defensively, the problem was we didn't have the personnel to cover it. Not that Rudy was the problem. It was that we didn't have the problem to cover it. I mean, it's a little bit like triple-teaming Steph Curry and not allowing him to get a shot off, and then when everyone else on the team misses shots blaming Steph Curry it's 100% exactly what people are doing to Rudy it's a joke
2: with guys like Conley and Joe getting up there do you think there's going to be a concerted effort to manage minutes
1: I do on Mike I I think we'll see I can't imagine we're going to they tried really hard last year and did the you know very rarely played a back end of a back to back and and in um, a you know all this, and then the hamstring still became a problem. So I, I can't really imagine that we're going to say, well, the answer is to play you more. But maybe right? Like I mean, frankly, there's been a, I've had a conversation with a with a someone who thinks that actually you know one of the problems in the league is that they actually get these like larger spans off that you're better off having players play every other day, all the time. And if they do that, they'll actually stay healthier because they're staying at peak performance. Um. You know the fact is that um, I, I would say that you would ex- I would expect that Mike doesn't play back to backs. The, the thing that's really interesting in our schedule. I don't know if you guys have talked about this. If you actually look at our back to backs, our back in the back to backs are like almost universally on the road against the best in the league. Like I think we do a back end in Brooklyn. We do a back end in Philadelphia. We do a back end in Milwaukee. We do a back end in L.A. for against the Lakers. We do a back end in Denver. Like and it's and they're all on the road. Like their games you're just very limited chance to win anyway. So my feeling is like let's play Mike on the front end of all of those, win that one, and then if we don't get the next one, who cares? I know they're fun for the fans, but in the realm of the schedule, winning in Houston and winning in Oklahoma City and winning against like, you know, San Antonio is actually more important than like winning in Denver. I know winning in Denver like validates you and makes you feel good. But it's actually not a game that you're probably yeah, but, better than twenty percent chance to win.
2: Wouldn't you have a much better chance to win those first games without Conley and have them available in the second game?
1: Yeah, I would, but I would never want to decrease the chance of winning that, that those games. Those are those are the ones if you lose them, you can't get them back in the standings.
0: So when you see the Jazz fifty-five wins is the Vegas number, do you think that's right? Is, is it fifty-five up that high what you're now? thinking? I
1: thought it was at fifty-three point five. Is it up high at fifty-five?
0: Uh, I thought it's. Oh, ESPN said 55. Well, what's the number? Let's go with that. Who cares what everyone else is saying? What's your number?
1: Well, I mean, okay, so I'm going to go with the first base point. Let's go to exactly why ranking Rudy 25th is a joke. So, in any year in which Rudy's played, the Jazz are 51 to 52 wins. Like, just by, like, change every other piece of that puzzle. Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, like, every other piece of the puzzle. Boyan Bogdanovich or Jay Crowder. Like, it doesn't matter. If Rudy plays. We win 52 to 53 games automatically. So I think, you know, I'd have to go over unless you're betting that Rudy's going to get hurt. If the Vegas line's, I think, 52.5, like I'm going over. Because I know we're going to be at 52 if Rudy plays. Like, that's by definition, he's that great that we automatically win that many amount of games. Um, and so do I think that there's enough and other talent around there to push it above that? Sure, absolutely. Um, but the minute you're in the top five, in one of the two categories, offense or defense, you general you almost automatically win fifty games. So, you know that's that's where Rudy puts us. And now, can, what else can we do? And this team's deep enough and good enough to do it. I mean, hey, the fact that we're like talking about this team and there's not much discussion on any of our top nine games that nine nine guys in the rotation that's when you're great.
0: We're gonna let you go with this. Zach says, please tell David we blame Rudy because he cannot take advantage of a five foot nothing guy on the offensive end of the court guarding him. Save that topic. We'll discuss that next Friday. I've now done what Zach did. I've told you. Hi, Zach. <laughs> okay. David Locke, his weekly visit every Friday morning. Jazz Camp opens Tuesday, Media Day Monday. David, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Chris Torello, sports reporter for Bay News 9, covers USF. We'll be talking BYU and USF in 15 minutes. Stay with us.